Welcome to Books and Nachos, a podcast for those of us who find excitement in the pages of a good book. From fiction to nonfiction, graphic novels, and more, we're here to help you find something great to read. The building sloped away like a smooth chalk cliff to the street far below. The cars parked there looked like those matchbox models you can buy in the five and dime. The ones driving by the buildings were just tiny pinpoints of light. If you fell that far, you would have plenty of time to realize just what was happening. To see the wind blowing your clothes as the earth pulled you back faster and faster. You'd have time to scream a long, long scream. And the sound you made when you hit the pavement would be like the sound of an overripe watermelon. Hello, Books and Nachos listeners. I'm Arnie, continuing my reviews of all of Stephen King's fiction. On this podcast, I continue looking at the short stories from King's 1978 Night Shift collection with The Ledge, originally published in Penthouse, yeah, that Penthouse, in July 1976. The plot of The Ledge is as straightforward as its title. Stan Norris is a tennis pro in his mid-30s. He'd begun to have an affair with one of his students, Marsha Kressner. More than sex, the two had fallen in love and decided to run away together, but when your lover is the wife of a mob boss, escaping isn't quite that easy. When the story starts, Mr. Kressner has captured Norris and taken him to his 42nd story penthouse. Rather than kill the tennis pro outright, Kressner offers the aging athlete a wager. If Norris can walk along the outside of the building on the 5-inch ledge and make it completely around, Kressner will give the tennis pro $20,000, and he can leave free and clear to return to Marsha. If Norris refuses, Kressner's men have planted enough heroin in the athlete's car to send him to prison for 40 years. Relying on his strong tennis ankles, Norris agrees, and the majority of the story tells, from Norris's first-person perspective, his tale of along the outside of that building, with the 20-degree wind chill, flesh-eating pigeons, and more. Will Norris make it around the building? Well, constant listener, this review is spoiler-free and the story is only 19 pages long. So, as the old-time life ads say, read the book. And I do suggest reading The Ledge. While it has a very simple plot, it truly feels like a writing exercise, King flexing his creative muscles for vivid description and scene setting. For a story that takes place in the open air 42 stories high, King has created a claustrophobic, constrained tale. The only characters we see are Kressner, Norris, and Tony, Kressner's muscle. But by keeping the story tight, King paints a realistic scene, from Kressner's burnt orange shag rug to the cold wrought iron bars on his neighbor's high balcony, you feel Norris's fear and determination to do his high-wire walk circumnavigating the building. And truly, this is a tale of terror that pokes a particular nerve. For those who work in high-rise construction and walk across steel girders, this story may seem like a joke. But King is needling a specific phobia in this story, a fear of heights. It's a fear that's very near to me as I live with acrophobia. Well, specifically I fear falling from those heights, the heights themselves don't bother me. And this story invokes that terror fully. While Norris himself doesn't have any predisposed dislike for high places, the descriptions of the tall building, the squishing sound Kressner's apple makes when he tosses it to the streets below, the brutal wind that threatens to offset Norris's balance, all of these elements make this fast read quite enjoyable. As I mentioned, this story, like the other Night Shift tale, One for the Road, is told in first person from Norris's perspective. 
In One for the Road, that seemed to really ground the story and to give it a strong point of view of a main native. Here, Norris is a fairly flat character. Despite spending almost 20 pages inside his head, I don't get much of a feeling for the man. He's the good guy, Cressner's the bad guy. But through this narrative device and keeping Norris somewhat bland, King is actually succeeding in putting me on that ledge. I am walking. I may fall to my death. Am I reading a tale about someone else or a journal entry? It blends and helps to drive that fear home. And while Norris is a blank slate, Cressner is lovingly loathsome. While the walk around the ledge may seem like a cruel punishment that would be saved for his cheating wife's lover, Cressner has long desired to see someone try to take that walk. It's mentioned that he's made the offer six times to various people in need of money, and all people that were athletic enough to possibly survive. Cressner doesn't just want to see a body fall to its death, he loves the suspense of the climb, even if he is willing to play dirty at several spots along the way. As with many of the Night Show stories, the ledge has a twist ending. Unlike The Boogeyman, the story I reviewed last week on this podcast, the ending of The Ledge feels fully set up and justified and gives the story a very satisfying ending. While the story is certainly throwaway, perfect to be set as an easily forgotten tale between pictorials of naked women, it is a fun read and a great showcase of King's ability to set a scene. However, it is slightly controversial for its grounded nature. There are no giant beasts flying through the night sky making Norris's walk more difficult, and Cressner isn't a demon of some sort in disguise making a devil's deal. This is a very human, if not also very fantastic, scenario. That, plus the involvement of a crime family, has caused the story to be classified as a Richard Bachman tale by authors Stanley Whiter, Christopher Golden, and Hank Wagner in their reference book, The Complete Stephen King Universe. Now, I have only thus far reviewed one book that King published under the Bachman name. That's Rage, and you can hear that review, which includes my analysis of the entire Bachman persona, in the books in Nacho's archives. So, looking at this story, to a degree, I can see their point. The ending of this book does have a bit of a sting to it, and reminds me somewhat of the final twist in Bachman's Thinner. The timing of the story would also fit. First appearing in 1976 Penthouse, between the publication of King's Salem's Lot and The Shining, that was also the period where King was writing his darkest Bachman book, Roadwork, which would be eventually published in 1981. So perhaps Wider, Golden, and Wagner have a point with this story. The tone may indeed be more Bachman than King. That said, in only 19 pages, well, I'll just say the divider there is probably about as narrow as the 5-inch ledge Norris is traversing. Those authors would also lay the same claim to another Night Shift story, Quitters Incorporated, the story I'll be reviewing next week here at Books and Nachos. Certainly the two stories have been linked in the past as well, Quitters Incorporated is the first story in King's anthology film Cat's Eye, and The Ledge is the second story that was adapted for that film. You can hear Stuart Jacob and I review Cat's Eye as we dig into over 20 movie adaptations based on King's Night Shift stories at our movie review podcast, Now Playing. Hear that review, as well as our reviews of the Stephen King films Carrie, all four Carrie films in fact, plus three Salem's Lot films, the two Shining adaptations, and more at nowplayingpodcast.com. I'll talk to you next week, and in the meantime, it's your choice. Would you like to walk along the five-inch ledge outside, or will you support your local bookstore? 
thank you for listening to this episode of Books and Nachos. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word about our show by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find dozens more book reviews at our website, booksandnachos.com. The music for Books and Nachos is The Right Prescription by Chai Weapon, which can be downloaded at podsafeaudio.com. Books and Nachos is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2014, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Stanley Weiter, Christopher Golden, and Hang Wagner. What the fuck are their names?